I read this excellent article by Caitlin Johnstone, I want to get into a comment that came to me via Facebook, and I'll leave the person's identity anonymous. The first comment is about Ralph Nader, and the second comment is about sheepdog accusations. The first comment reads, In response to your Ralph Nader reading, I believe not adding MMT to the mix helped him keep things simple. He knows. The fact remains we do pay those taxes and our economy is run as if the Fed doesn't create money. Fair enough? No, no, it's not fair enough. I think it's a huge mistake to avoid talking about MMT just because we want to keep things simple. Our taxes don't pay for programs. At the risk of sounding like a broken record, and I don't know how many of you actually remember broken records and how they sound, but it still remains a good analogy. At the risk of sounding like a broken record, we need to keep talking about this. If we think that our taxes pay for things, then we fall prey to the trap of austerity that corporate Democrats like Joe Biden will keep telling us. How are we going to pay for that? We can't raise enough money in taxes to pay for that. We have to keep reminding each other that we have a sovereign currency. That's how we maintain our pugilistic military. We don't have to raise taxes to pay for our military. And we don't have to raise taxes to bail out workers in COVID crisis times. We don't have to raise taxes to pay for Medicare for all. This is a huge issue. We've got to keep harping on this every chance we get. Ralph Nader, Bernie Sanders, yes, they do know better. And so we should hold them to the idea that we don't need to raise taxes to pay for things. Here's the second response. I also want to respond to your sheepdog accusations of Jenk, Kalinsky, David Dole, and so forth. I'm thinking, nah, they're just moderate progressives, normal people frightened by T. Rump's instability enough that Biden makes sense in their lizard brain. I won't vote for him a third time, but Bernie Sanders and Robert Reich? Now those dudes are sheepdogs. Well, we've already established that Jeffrey Katzenberg of the Clinton cabal has paid TYT $20 million. He helped raise $20 million. I imagine he raised most of it right out of his own pocket. Kyle Kalinske and David Dole may be a different story. While the DNC cabal might not be paying them directly, although we wouldn't know unless we could see their tax returns, I would say that Kyle and David are worried that their comfy viewers might not understand if they started to tell them not to vote for Joe Biden against the most dangerous president in U.S. history. Because both Kyle and David would get a lot of pushback from their viewers and their listeners for saying such a thing, I think that's why they don't do it. So they need to tell their lizard brains to get on board with Bernie or Bust, or at least never corporatist. That hashtag hasn't caught on, but never corporatist would be a good hashtag. The accusation that Bernie Sanders and Robert Reich are sheepdogs on purpose is probably fair. But in the final analysis, it doesn't really matter if they're doing it on purpose or not. They're still sheepdogs, and we still need to tell them to stop doing that. And if they don't see that what they're doing is wrong, we need to explain and explain and explain why it is wrong. You can't vote for corporatists and be any kind of leftist or progressive. You can't tell other people to vote for corporatists and you can't say that you're voting for a corporatist and you'll leave the decision to the people you influence. Jink, Kyle, David, Bernie, and Robert 
all have a lot of influence. They have a lot of people listening to them. So it's on them to make sure that they don't become sheepdogs, whether that's their intention or not. Now we're moving to Caitlin Johnstone's excellent article, RBG death means two-headed uniparty will threaten Americans with removal of civil rights. This article is a great rebuttal for your Bernie-loving, Biden-voting friends. We may never be able to help the original vote blue people who gave us Biden in the first place, but those who supported Bernie in the primaries and are telling us to vote for Biden in the general election, even though their heads are stuck pretty far up their asses, they may be dislodgeable. If there's any hope of helping them, a steady dose of Caitlin Johnstone might do the trick. U.S. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has died, which means the U.S. election is going to revolve around abortion and other civil rights for the foreseeable future, which won't change much since this presidential race hasn't really been about anything since the end of the Democratic primaries. The opportunistic galvanization process has already begun before Ginsburg's body is even cold, with liberal influencers calling Democrats to rally to a November win for the notorious RBG and Trump supporters dropping their faux anti-establishment shtick and metamorphosing into a bunch of mini Mitch McConnells. Leftists are being shrieked at by mainstream Dems that they need to fall in line and support Biden or they're personally responsible for every civil right that is taken away by Ginsburg's replacement. I'm not here to tell Americans how to vote in November. I'd just like to quickly point out once again that an establishment which threatens to remove your civil rights if you don't support it is an establishment that doesn't deserve to exist. Of course, it doesn't look like that's what's happening if you subscribe to the mainstream consensus perspective that America's political system has two separate and oppositional parties. This is me talking. This is our chance to pull their heads out of their asses. The Bernie people who think that Biden is the right answer in the general election are stuck on the idea that we have two separate and oppositional parties. This is the point we need to harp on over and over. Back to Kate. If that is your viewpoint, you will see one bad party trying to take away people's civil liberties and one good party trying to stop them. If, however, you recognize that America has two parties that are owned and operated by a single oligarchic class, which has more or less the same overarching goal as far as ordinary people are concerned, it looks completely different. If you understand that America has a two-headed, one-party system designed to shrink the spectrum of acceptable debate down to arguments about how oligarchic agendas should be facilitated rather than if they should, what you see is a single entity threatening to take away your civil liberties if you don't support it. A single establishment threatening to punch you with its right hand if you don't let it punch you with its left. What is the correct response to such a situation? Is it to give the two-headed monster what it wants? Is it to give your energy to supporting the same establishment which is threatening to take away your civil rights? Or is it to fight? Is it to pour your energy into tearing down an abusive political system which threatens to rob your civil rights if you don't plug yourself into the mainstream oligarchic establishment? A system which throughout your entire life has done nothing but rob you and pour your nation's wealth into wars, tax cuts, and ever-expanding neoliberal exploitation, regardless of how you voted? 
If you think the correct response is the latter, consider refraining from giving your energy to the Supreme Court debate in the coming months and focus on waking people up to what's really going on in the world so that they can see their two-headed abuser for themselves. Again, vote or don't vote in whatever way you think best. How Americans choose to participate in a pretend election is none of my concern. But do be mindful of those who try to route your energy into a political establishment that has never served you and never will. That's all for now.